Hello, everybody, and welcome to this month's IoT Insider podcast. We have another takeover situation this month. So I'm Bernie McPhillips, Sales Director here at Pangea, and I'm delighted to be joined this month by Rich Crossingham, our Business Development Director. Hi, Rich. Hey, Bernie. How are you on this fine spring day? Absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Wonderful. And all the better for being on the podcast with you. We should do these more often, eh? So we've got a lot to get through. Um, going to talk about our capability, how it's constantly evolving, kind of what we've uh, effectively turned into and the, the opportunities that we can help our partners to discover, qualify and indeed win and all culminating in a, a really great success story that we're going to share with you all. Um, one of the things that we wanted to kind of talk about more specifically on this and you have the ability to kind of bring things to life a little bit more for, for our partners is one particular use case, isn't it? Um, and that's largely centered around construction and a client that's been with us for quite a number of years now. Of course, brought to us by a partner, because we're really proud to be channel only here at Pangea. We never sell direct to end users. We only operate and, and help to win business through our partners. And this particular partner was you know, brought to us, this, this customer who had quite a range of different challenges. Um, first of all, they're multi-site. It's close to 500 sites across the UK. And they really struggled with just primary connectivity in some of those locations due to maybe rural um, kind of landscapes, no fiber, really expensive to install or colossal delays just to get it in place. Um, but instead, you know, we, were, we were able to roll out Pangea's connectivity as I think 4G backup in a lot of their locations. But I think our, our capability on network performance was seen to be superior to what they were getting from some forms of fixed connectivity, maybe like ADSL or still quite far away from an exchange. So outperforming in terms of upload and download. So we quickly pivoted and wanted to use Pangea servers as a primary connectivity, uh, not just a backup. And now use around eight to 10 terabytes of data a month across our core network. Um, so that's where we've, you know, that's a term we like using as well, Rich, right? With uh, like an internet service provider, an ISP, another acronym, an ISP. <laughs> but we're not bound by wires. So yep. these yep. solutions could be instantly deployed, same day or next day delivery, plug and play, with a choice of static IP if needed even. I think that's one of the key things with a challenge like they presented to us. Um, it was effectively providing connectivity in a really fast-paced, flexible environment. And... Whilst we're talking about construction in this case, I think this creates a, a rubber stamp that you can then apply to so many other things, be it festivals, retail. There are so many fast-paced, flexible events nowadays, environments that need this kind of stuff. And the key things they needed are, again, the key things that other people need. You need rapid but temporary. So it needs to be quick, fast, to deploy, to enable the connectivity at the location, but it also needs to be temporary because you don't want to have a fixed agreement for X amount of months or, or years. You just want to pick it up and take it somewhere else. Um, rural, a lot of the time, whether it's construction or whether it's festivals, whether it's any kind of summer events that we're hopefully going to see more and more back nowadays, um, the, these kinds of solutions are perfect for them. Uh, fix really is out of the question. So when you look at their challenges and what they need, it is absolutely a move to mobile. Thanks, Rich. I really like the way you explained that because I also believe that um, you know it's not it it fixes 
so mobile is now seen as a really credible alternative to fixed and also no longer segmenting customers by their industry or the type of business they're in. Yeah. It's segment them based on their requirements. Are they multi-site? Do they move around? Do they have temporary sites? Do they potentially finish work in one place and move to another place to and then start a whole new project? So like say construction's a prime example. You, you move into a ground field, it's going to take months to install a lease line. We can give them all the connectivity that that customer needs, but as long as they need it with a choice of IP, but then they can effectively flat pack it and move it to the next construction site once that project's finished. But you just brilliantly said there, you can apply that. Forget the fact it's a construction company. It can be any type of business. Retail, pop-up sites, um, seasonal based on sport. You know, a lot of um, tennis products sold when Wimbledon's on. Um, I recently seen um, a pop-up NBA shop in a local shopping center when that when the season was about to kick off over in the States. So you get the same when it's the NHL. The World Cup's on later this year, lots of football jerseys, but to pop up retail based on seasonality or based on what's happening in the sporting world at that particular moment in time. Then there's hospitality at race courses, at sports stadiums, uh, motor tracks, you know, it's festivals, I think you've already mentioned. It's massive amounts of connectivity, short space of time, flat packet move on. That simply can't be fixed connectivity. It can't, it cannot be bound by wires. We're also providing connectivity on things like ferries. Um, thousands of vehicles all over the UK. These things can't be bound by wires. So, but almost detach yourself from the type of customer that they are based on their segment, and start thinking about the customer based on their requirements. Because you can quickly then identify further opportunities based on success that you've had. Who else has um, you know, short-term projects that can be in one particular location and then move to another, like porter cabins? Yeah, and that's what we. We often talk about that with our partners. It's like you've done brilliantly in this vertical, but actually what you're doing is you're providing this, this capability, enabling the workers to get online, but also protecting equipment or uh, empowering devices to report back um, whether they've moved outside of a, a, a geofence location or they have an issue so they can uh, pre-warn them based upon a need to carry out maintenance or something like that. And again, it goes across all the different areas. So you say, right, brilliant. You've done some business in construction. You've won a, a bunch of companies and delivered those services to them. But if you just look at what the, the underlying capability is, you could replace cement mixer with coffee machine. You could replace whatever it is. So you've got a brilliant way to basically take a solution and then just reinvent it, rebadge it, reprovide it to a completely different sector. I think there's always more than one um, solution or, or, or one uh, requirement from a solution that's delivered. So for this specific example, it was about getting workers online, but it was also about protecting their heavy-duty construction gear, be it power tools, generators, uh, excavators, anything like that. So you need to be aware that typically it's not just one thing. Someone might say, oh, I need to get my workers connected. But once you provide that connectivity, suddenly it's, oh, and I also need to log into my CCTV, suddenly need a static IP, need X, Y, Z. The minute you get the connectivity there, a bunch of other things will suddenly fall out of the air and be a requirement um, and it's always great because you can suddenly say well we can scale this as as, as you need 
Um, and it, it effectively, when you start doing all of that kind of thing, you, you, you're looking at really creating a flexible mobile WAN environment. And it just enables you to, it doesn't matter where you are, you're basically deploying mobile WAN. And so they can do all the things they need to do, whether it's IoT tool tracking or the predictive maintenance I mentioned earlier, or it's just people having a pop-up office environment inside a, a porter cabin or similar in the middle of the field. And that's where I think it's really interesting. Anything we ever do, you can immediately re rewrap the solution and provide it to someone completely different. And it's, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I totally agree. What you said there about the one opportunity, um, you'd solve a business problem for a customer. I can't think of many examples where that has not spiraled into other projects. So like you said, for this particular client, it was about getting their workers connected across their 500 sites or at the very least 4G backup in a lot of those sites, 4G, 5G backup. A stat well published now is that the uh, broadband outage has cost the UK economy £5 billion last year. So every business out there should feel a level of vulnerability if they're totally dependent on a single fixed line. 4G, 5G, definitely the way to go for backup. It's not going to leave your building through the same pipe and duct to run back to the same local exchange. So it's far more versatile and resilient um, than a fixed line backup. Um, so yeah, it's you know, that, absolutely the way to go. Then the, the PSDN switch off, just driving way more demand, um, 2G, 3G sunset, so being replaced with 4G, 5G service. You've got this whole culmination of all these external factors and these things going on, which is just driving this this huge demand. Like I see one conversation with a customer about providing them with connectivity in certain locations invariably turns into a lot else. What else can you do? What else can you connect? And saying all of a sudden you're providing predictive maintenance on very expensive pieces of machinery or tracking the vehicles or geofencing plant machinery as if you just get gets alert if, it, if these things have moved and they're not meant to. So IoT projects are typically very long-term. You know, we've got seven to 15-year contracts in our business, many of them. A lot of our connectivity projects are very lucrative and very early on in contracts, not the same as your more traditional telecoms projects where there can be sometimes a lot of capex cost um, and having to provide hardware and mobile devices and that type of thing. It seems to be a very different approach to this form of connectivity. And there's something that we've spoken about in, in other forums and presenting at other events this year, and I think maybe on another podcast, it's completely the different mentality that is taken when we talk about something that we refer to as sweetening the deal. So in the past with telecom, sweetening the deal often meant giving something away to a customer. Could be a shiny new mobile device or a tech fund or a hardware fund or an airtime credit. But here at Pangea and certainly what how we're supporting our partners, sweetening the deal is about adding more value. But that adding that more value often results in um, some form of a premium. So it could be a static IP. It could be multi-network over single. It could be a flexible tariff. It could be data aggregation. It could be content filtering. But all of these things that sweeten the deal are chargeable. So again, it's, it, it's a very lucrative um, opportunity for our partners and something that can be cash positive and profitable from a very early stage, which again is very different to your traditional kind of telecoms model as well. Um, so certainly I'm thinking of a lot of reasons why our partners should be doing this and very little <laughs> reason why they shouldn't, to be honest. Um, I agree. I think, and I, th I think a lot of the time outcomes are very similar as well because the outcome for this solution was that setting up connectivity, no matter where that 
new location is, is is quick. It's either, as you said earlier, a flat pack of an existing site going to a new site, or it's just setting another one up on a mobile WAN environment. So it is quick, and that's what you need. You need speed. You don't want to be worrying about these things and how they might be derailing project timelines. Um, the alerts indicating when tools need to be recalled, uh, when they need to be refurbished, helping reduce maintenance costs, all those kinds of things. Again, brilliant outcomes, saving money, sometimes hard to absolutely discern how much is saved from it, but you can absolutely see the amount of alerts you get from maintenance requests and uh, refurb indicators so that you can look at it and say, if that had broken and that bit of kit was out for a week, um, and it took us three or four days to get another one over to that site, and they've lost three or four days' worth of work. I've got no idea myself how much that would cost on a construction site, but I would imagine it's significant. I know when people build new retail environments, you're talking hundreds of thousands, depending on the brand and, and the size of the the square footage, but it's a significant investment, and being able to save that from happening is is really key. And is again replicable across all these different verticals. It certainly is, Richard. Not just across verticals. How about across continents? Because we've actually <laughs> done this internationally, yeah. haven't we? For, yeah. for global airlines, yeah. um, huge global confectionery manufacturers, that type of thing. So, again, as as we mentioned earlier on, our capabilities just is just replicable and applicable to so many different verticals. But it's not even bound to the UK, Europe, or, or, or even, even indeed. In any particular country, we have access to 960 networks in 185 countries. So the things that we've talked about today in creating this kind of mobile WAN scenario, we can do that globally. So yeah. it's just, yeah, I don't want to blow blow our listeners' minds too much, but yeah, I'm getting too excited about the kind of the international side of things. But yeah, just really cool just to drop in the fact that we're not we're not bound by geography. We literally can do this, connect anything anywhere. And the future is really exciting. When you look at the development of 5G, uh, latency and all the things that will go hand in hand with it as it as the networks fully upgrade their architecture it's going to be amazing what can be delivered the speed at which it can be delivered i know, you know ethernet's going through its own developments and you're now moving from like the glass-based fiber to tests with hollow core fiber and the speed at which data can be passed through that but it's still a fixed thing so you're still constrained by the pure nature of the fact that it is a fixed thing whereas 5g isn't you want to do network slicing you want to create vpns in the sky brilliant here you go we can do it so 5g and the things that we'll be able to bring moving forwards it just makes it such an exciting place to be involved in yeah it certainly does i've spoken for a long time about three very specific questions that resellers tend to ask themselves when looking at new opportunities First one is, is the opportunity real? I think now with the you know, PSTN switch off, um, people not feeling, you're feeling vulnerable if they're tied to a single fixed line. And even just now, the amount of devices that are connected around the world, there's close to 8 billion people in the world, almost 30 billion connected devices this year. And 18 billion of them are deemed to be related to IoT. So I think there's any question now that the opportunity in IoT and in intelligent mobile data is real. The next one is, can you win? And I think we've got far too many success stories available to our partners and on our website to possibly suggest that you cannot win. You absolutely can, and in partnership with Pangea, because we've invested 
so heavily in our time, our effort, our resource and our network and infrastructure, all solely for the purpose of enabling our partners to win in this particular market. And then the last one is, can I make money? Because there's no point in an opportunity to be real and you can win in that space if there's not money to be made. Everybody's running a business. And again, as part of those success stories, we articulate the size of these opportunities in terms of contract value. And there's some that roll up to six and a half million uh, and many more, way over a million pounds and, and above. So to be able to answer all of those three questions, is it real? Can I win? Can I make money? So confidently um, should just give our partners so much comfort that they're in partnership with the right people here at Pangea, they're in safe hands. If our partners are looking for a supplier who's going to send them a box of sims and a price list, that we're not for them. We love getting involved, standing shoulder to shoulder, running deal clinics, really getting under the skin of our partner's business to help them, enable them, not to do it all for them. That's the important thing because it's long-term. Enable our partners to find, qualify, and win these very lucrative and long-term contracts. Um, And we just implore people to have their existing partners, re-engage, get in touch with your account manager or myself or Rich and we can set up these deal clinics. We can do all of this work with you and, and really help you to make the most of this wonderful market opportunity. And if there's anybody listening in who's not currently a, a partner of Pangea and probably now asking yourself why, um, then again, just do the same, get in touch. Um, we can get you signed up and get you all of the support that you need to to make the most of this market. Um, anything else from you, Rich, before we, we close off? No, I think that was a brilliant summary. <laughs> no, thank you very much. Thank you. But yeah, delighted to take over again. Um, always delighted to be on a podcast with you, Rich. I always find it very fascinating. Hopefully our listeners do too. Um, and we implore people to sign up to our mailing list. You can access that through our website. Um, yeah, please register and, and sign up and subscribe to the podcast. Get in touch with us via our website, the contact us section, and just in any way possible. We're here ready to support you either our existing or potential new partners. And that's all we're geared up to do. So thanks again for listening, everybody. Thanks again to you, Rich. A huge contribution today. And as always, cheers, Benny. And I look forward to hearing you all soon. Bye now.